My name is Hilda Moschetti, securities attorney with the Moschetti Syndication Law Group. We specialize in Regulation D offerings under Rules 506B and Rule 506C. Today we're going to talk about Rule 506D like dog, standing for bad actors. So bad actors, if you think you might be one, or if you think you might be working on an offering with one, you can't miss this video. Having an office in LA, I know a thing or two about bad actors, but seriously, right now we're talking about bad actors in terms of those people who we don't want to be participating in the offering of securities. And in fact, it is forbidden. It is under Regulation D, Rule 506D like dog, that talks about what a bad actor is and what they uh, can and cannot do which is they can pretty much do uh, nothing uh, when it comes to an offering uh, until a period of time has lapsed and then they must do other certain things. So let's go through it in detail by doing as I like to do, a deep dive into the regulation itself. So here it is. Here is Regulation D Rule 506D, like dog. Uh, in 17 Code of uh, Federal Regulations 230.506, we're talking about subsection D. So 506D refers to, uh, is applicable to people doing 506B and 506C offerings. Just because 506B and 506C stand on their own, 506D applies to both of them. So let's talk about what a bad actor is and what that disqualification looks like. But from a higher level, what the SEC is doing is it's trying to lay out a groundwork of, we don't want a certain set of people to be participating in the offering of securities, whether they're registered or not registered. So that's what this rule really is about. So what it says here in D1 is that there is no exemption. So we're talking about the Regulation D exemption under this section that's available for the sale of securities if the issuer, any predecessor of the issuer, any affiliated issuer, any director, any executive officer, any officer participating, any general partner, managing member, beneficial owner of 20% more of the outstanding voting equity. So that ex excludes if you have a member uh, of your offering, somebody, an investor who comes in, maybe they own 25%, but if they don't have any voting rights, it does not, this does not apply to them. That's another reason that we like to not include a lot of voting in equity securities uh, when it comes to our offer, our, uh, our investors in case that somebody does choose to invest more than 20%. Um, and so this is, it's any of those people cannot participate at all. It will be considered a failed uh, Regulation D and not exempt 
When you're not exempt, it is considered a public security, which is requires exempt, which requires registration. And failure to do that is a securities violation, which you can go to jail for. So a bad actor participating in an offering can go to jail and can cause all sorts of trouble. So let's go through who those bad actors are. First off, anybody who's been convicted within 10 years before the sale of the security or five years in the case of issuers of their predecessors and uh, affiliated issuers of any felony or misdemeanor. Uh, that is in connection with the purchase and sale of any security or involved in making a, of, a file, of a false filing with the commission or arising out of the conduct of the business of being an underwriter, a broker-dealer, a municipal securities dealer, an investment advisor, or a paid solicitor of purchasers or securities. All of those people should not be part of it. You would know if you were one of those people because you've already been convicted of a felony or a misdemeanor. So if you're one of those people, you already know it, and unfortunately, uh, Regulation D is not going to be an exemption that you will be able to use. But if you're watching this, it's probably not you. Um, number two, is the subject of an order, a judgment, or decree of any court of competent jurisdiction entered within five years this time, uh, at which the sale restrains and joins, prohibits, uh, in connection uh, to engage in, pro uh, in any conduct or practice in connection with the purchase or sale of a security, is involved in uh, the, any, making any false filings with the commission, or again, rising out of the conduct of an underwriter, broker-dealer, municipal securities uh, advisor, investment advisor, or a paid solicitor of purchasers of securities. So if you uh, just have a court order that prohibits it, court order stands. Just like number two is number three, but it's for state securities. So there may be cases where there is not a prohibition from the federal level, but if there is a state level that has done exactly the same thing, that applies just as well under the federal rules. They still are not able to participate again if it's in, uh, if it's um, if it uh, uh, if it bars the person from association with an entity regulated by it, uh, if it's engaged in the business of securities, insurance, or banking, or engaged in a savings uh, association or credit union, or it constitutes a final order on a violation of law that prohibits fraudulent, manipulative, or deceitful uh, conduct entered within 10 years before the sale. Surely we don't want those people participating, and they're not allowed to. So they are not allowed to make uh, offerings. Number four is subject to an order of the commission that's entered in, pursuant to Section 15B or 15BC um, of the Securities Act or the Investment Advisors Act at the time that suspends or revokes their registration of advisor uh, uh, as a broker-dealer, uh, a municipal securities a dealer, or an investment uh, advisor. So if their license has been suspended or revoked, they are not included. 
or if it places the limitations on the activities or functions of that person, or if it bars them from being associated with any entity or from participating in the offering of any penny stock. Number five is uh, subject to the order of the commission entered five years before the sale. Uh, that is that tells them to cease and be, uh, desist for committing or violation or future violation of a scienter based anti-fraud provision. So scienter means knowledge. So here it would be any uh, anti-fraud provision where they had actual knowledge that it was fraud. So it would be intentional fraud, not unintentional fraud, um, as it relates to federal securities uh, or uh, Section B, uh, Section 5 of the Securities Act. Number six is suspended or expelled from membership or barred from association with any national securities exchange, you're thinking NASDAQ, NYSE, et cetera, or registered or national affiliated securities association for any act or omission uh, to consulting, uh, constituting conduct inconsistent with just and equitable practices of trade. So if they've been kicked out of NASDAQ, barred. Number seven, has filed, uh, has filed or was named as a underwriter in any registration statement or regulation A offering statement. So registration statement would be the registering of a public, uh, of a public security or the filing of a regulation A offering uh, within five years and was subject of a refusal order, a stop order, or an order suspending the exemption or at such time the sale of an investigation is proceeding. So if an investigation is proceeding into that registered security or into the, uh, the, um, that Regulation A, then, then they are barred from doing it while that investigation is ongoing. Lastly is number eight, subject to basically mail fraud. If you're uh, if you did committed mail fraud, uh, then that also is going to bar you. So there are a few cases where okay, we say okay, this doesn't apply. Where you may be a bad actor, but it's we're not going to uh, we're not going to hold you to the same standard, and you actually could do an offering, and that's in these four rare instances. So. With uh, with any with any respect to any conviction, order, judgment, any of those things up above, that was uh, that came before September twenty three, uh, twenty thirteen. That's basically the ten years that we're talking about. Or so that would be one reason that you could possibly do a regulation D offer. Number two would be upon a showing of good cause and without prejudice that the commission itself determines that it's not necessary that they, that you be barred from doing a, a regulation D offering. I've never heard of this happening, but supposedly if you were to go to into the SEC and you were to ask them for permission, and if they decided to allow you to file it anyway, they would allow you to do it. Uh, number three, if before the sale, a, a court was to enter an order. So there may be cases where there would be a, a judgment put in, but then there would be a subsequent judgment which would relieve uh, them uh, that 
from this disqualification. So if that was part of another court order, that could allow somebody to be part of a Regulation D offer. Lastly is number four, if the issuer establishes it didn't know. Now, the it didn't, I didn't know standard is a very hard, difficult bar to raise. Um, basically, you have to show that you exercised reasonable care uh, or that if you had exercised reasonable care, there is no way you would have found out. Um, so basically, you got charged, prosecuted, you weren't there, you had no idea. Supposedly, uh, you could rely on this uh, to be able to say that you could do that Regulation D offering. Um, so this uh, number three talks really about, for the purpose of this section, that uh, that if there we're talking about affiliated issuers, so if that affiliation and the trouble came before that you were in, they were uh, they had control, then that affiliate would be okay. Or if it was, uh, or if the it was not under the common control with that issuer who was already in trouble. Uh, this just prevents the the case where it could be that person was in trouble, um, the affiliate issuer was never there, they had no knowledge of it, weren't participating, and then a year later that issuer is long gone then the new person could come in and do uh, do another issuer, and they would be that affiliated issuer. So what happens in the, we talked a, lo a little bit about timelines, five years, 10 years, things like that. So what happens if it's past those timelines? So here is where we talk about it in section E, subsection E. So this is 506DE uh, that goes through it where it says, that it's the that you have to disclose any prior bad uh, bad actor events if you're allowed to do a uh, a reg D offering, but still would have been considered a bad actor. So you must purchase uh, to the investor in a reasonable time prior to that sale a description of the matters that would have triggered under this event. Uh, the failure to furnish this uh, will not prevent um, uh, shall not prevent an issuer from relying if you didn't know. So this is just the I didn't know standard. Um, again, this is a hard road to go. If you didn't know, you better really not have known. Um, but you will need to disclose if you were a bad actor at any point, if it was prior then to 2013. There are times when we're drafting a private placement memorandum, if I know that there's something that's not quite in this realm, but uh, it doesn't quite meet the standard of being a bad actor, where I probably will encourage my issuer to still disclose because it's just safer to do so. You know, the line between what's fraudulent and what's not uh, may be a little bit vague, and so it would be better to disclose than not. Uh, things happened a long time ago. So what does all this mean to you? So you're probably by now either really in the camp of, oh, well, I'm not a bad actor, or possibly that you are a bad actor. And if you are a bad actor, you might as well stop the video because you're not going to be doing a Regulation D offering. But if you are not a bad actor or you are thinking, 
Well, but maybe I still am. Let me put it this way. If you uh, had a DUI two years ago, this doesn't apply to you. It's not that sort of behavior that we're looking to prevent from being able to issue securities. The people that we're trying to exclude from issuing securities are people who committed fraud and things that would be it would affect the system itself of being able to offer securities and the trust that you need from the public or from your investors in order to be able to do offerings. I mean, surely if you know knew ahead of time that the person you were investing in was not only convicted of fraud, but they were also convicted of mail fraud, have been kicked out of the SEC, FINRA, and are just and never allowed to even look at the NYSE building ever again, you probably would want to know that before you go in. Those are the kinds of people we're trying to keep out. Those are the bad actors. So it's very unlikely it's you if you're contemplating coming back to this. If you, it is you, then we should talk on the phone too, because we can talk about whether or not you qualify as a bad actor and may be barred during that time period, or maybe you are uh, it's past that timeline and still can do that offering, just needs to be in the light of, well, can we do it in a way that um, make that disclosure. And yes, it's going to be more difficult for you to raise money, but you can do it and comply with the rules and do a 506B or 506C offering. So again, my name is Tilda Moschetti. I hope that clears up some of this mystique about bad actors. If it's something that's completely unrelated to fraud or anything dealing with securities, you're probably not a bad actor. Hope that helps. Feel free to give me a call if there's anything I can do for you in helping you put together your 506B or 506C offering.